repeat after me. Jesus, speak to me. God, I wanna thank You that You are faithful. Lord, as we've sung that this morning, God, as we've declared even on our own lips this morning, I thank You that You are faithful to speak. God, let us receive. In Jesus' Name. Why don't you turn next to somebody next to you and say, get ready. Thank you, Andrew, running to grab a table. Thank you, band. Who thought Pastor Don did a good job of MC last minute? I do want to clarify that. It's like at um, 9, what was it? 9.40. Yes, Pastor Julie, you can have a seat if you want. Awesome. She's engaged, ready to go. Um, I do want to make one clarification in case you're a little bit worried. When the trailer started and then we had joined the team, we don't have a ministry right now where you're going to be conscripted and handed a gun and, and sent in. But I do want to say that I'm looking forward to this movie because I know that probably something's going to get stirred. It's based on a true story. It's based on what's going on in our world. And who knows that our world needs hope? You know, uh, this week, one of the things I took a look at, and I know I've shared this before in the past about uh, trends in Google searches, because I think it's really interesting. It gives us a little bit of a look at what's happening in our world, okay? Google, I don't need to explain what Google is to anybody here. We've all used it, surely. We've all been sick before, right? And where's the first place we go before we go to the doctor? Let's be honest. I did that the other week when I had an ulcer on my mouth, had a look at it in the mirror, went, that didn't look quite good, and I went to Google. <laughs> Probably should have gone to a doctor. But I went to Google and then I wanted to search on how, uh, how I could sort it out myself and not spend any money. But anyway, Google is a good barometer on what's going on in our society. And one of the things that Google does is it, uh, it releases every year the year in review. And the point of the year in review was to give us a bit of a, a, a taster of what was the core at what people are searching. Not the celebrity stuff like who is an insert name, but what are people searching? What's the barometer of what's going on? And so last year, 2022, because who knows we haven't finished 2023 yet, even though I don't know about you guys, but it already feels like I've done a whole year. And in the same sense, like where has the year gone? But anyway, in 2022, this is... What summed up the year, the phrase, search more than ever before. Are you ready? Can I change? Can I change with search more than any other time in history? Can I change? Can I change my job? People, can I change my outlook on life? People who are feeling stuck and frustrated and want to move forward in life. Can I change? Insert 
the people around me, society around me, what's going on, can I change? And that shouldn't surprise us at all, because at the core of every one of us is a desire to have purpose. That's right. You want to wake up in the morning and have something to live for. There's a desire for purpose, but also there's a desire for hope. Can I change? Can I change? So if you're taking notes this morning, Serena is always taking notes. I love it. Pastor Julia is always taking notes. Dave is on his phone taking notes. (laughs) Um, This is the title, all right? Hope on display. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, hope on display. Pastor Don has already alluded alluded to it. In Christ, we have hope. In Christ, we have hope. And that hope is on display. You know, having come out of the advertising world, I know this truth, and I've shared it before, but I'm going to share it again. That if you have a product or a service that works, just show it time and time and time and time again. It's called the product demonstration. If you've got a product or a service that works, just demonstrate it over and over and over again. Coca-Cola, not going to change your life. That's why Coca-Cola, the formula is, get some really good-looking young people together, a great banger of a track. It's summer. Everyone's having the time of their life, and they're drinking Coke. It's pretty empty, but that's what they do. Vanish nappy sand, on the other hand. Just disclaimer, the sermon is not sponsored by Vanish. But Vanish works. So when we picked up Vanish as a client, what we did is we said, well, this works. So let's just demonstrate over and over again how the product works. You got stains from your kids dropping food, toddlers all over themselves, use Vanish. You spilt red wine, use Vanish. Um, As um, I was telling somebody the other day, when you have a home birth, just use Vanish. (laughs) True story, we're not going to talk about this morning. Vanish works. So hence, that was the tactic, demonstrate over and over again that the product works. Now, this is the thing about the gospel. The gospel works. So what does God do? This is the ultimate plan. He uses us to demonstrate over and over and over and over again that the gospel works, that there's power in the gospel. So we're turning this morning to 1 Peter 3 and verse 15. This is the core verse for this morning. Listen to this. But in your hearts, can you say in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. I'm going to read it one more time. We're just sticking to this first part. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give you the reason for the hope. Everyone say, I hope that you have. The hope that you have. Did you know, as a Christian, your life will look different. It's just going to happen. It's the power of the gospel. You're going to look different. You know, how does it begin? It begins with, and I know most of us here have had this, 
a revelation of who God is. Okay? It all begins with a revelation of God, who God is. It begins with a revelation of um, who I am. That on the outside, it might look like I have everything together. I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking at some puzzled faces. Maybe um, that I have it all together, but who knows that, man, all of us screw up. All of us miss the mark. As it says in Romans, for all of us have sinned and fallen short. None of us, absolutely none of us. I'm loving it that Pastor Don and Pastor Julia are saying right on right now. None of us. <laughs> Get it all together. And that is the purpose of the cross is God knew and he made a way. He made the cosmic statement through coming to earth, Jesus laying his life down, paying the price because it says for the wages of sin is death. You know, what we earn through sin is death, but Jesus paid the price through the cross with his blood, with his life, and rose again that we could be set free, we could be forgiven, our slate could be wiped clean. That's the power of the gospel, that we can have life, that we can have life abundantly, and not just now, but who knows, eternally. Like Pastor Don already said this morning, that was why they were celebrating, not just having a funeral, but a celebration service yesterday, because we know that death is not the end, that's the hope in Christ. That's the hope in Christ. But we know it's not just about somewhere one day, but here and now. God with us, Christ in us is the hope, is the hope. So when you come to Jesus, your life is going to look different, right? You get saved, you get baptized. Baptism is symbolically going down in the water and coming up as a, a symbol of dying to your old self and being raised to life in that new life in Christ. It's a symbol that I'm going to follow Jesus. And then we go on that journey. And there's that constant revelation and response because as it said at the beginning of the verse, but in your hearts, that's your very core, set apart Christ as, what was it? It's, it's too early, eh? not, not enough coffees. Christ as Lord, not just a revelation that He's our Saviour, that He saved us, but Lord, Master, King, that we live for Him, and your life is going to be different. You might be like, hey, Jesse, I'm one of those, um, you know, like one of those undercover agents for Jesus. It doesn't work. Kind of reminds me of those, um, those funny cop shows where the cops try to dress up like they're in a gang and they turn up and the, the guys in the gang just laugh and they're like, you look like a cop. Anyone seen one of those shows? It's kind of like that. The reality is your life is going to look different enough that people will notice. And that's why it says, and be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give you the reason for the hope that you have because they're going to see it. And that hope is an authentic hope because it's eternal. You see, the reason why people can tell the difference is there's so many counterfeit hopes in life. Money. Money can be an incredible hope to people when you've got lots of it. 
because you can make almost any decision. It can protect you. But what happens when money goes? It's not a hope. Fame. Fame is a counterfeit hope because when you have it, it's incredible. People love you. It's like the world opens up ahead of you. What happens when fame goes? It's no longer a hope. There's so many counterfeit hopes. There's only one eternal hope, and that is in Christ. So I loved how Pastor Don was talking about some keys to evangelism last week. I want to make this statement this morning that I believe that resilient faith in God is one of the most underrated keys to evangelism. One of the most underrated keys to evangelism. Because as it said there, when you have faith, when you hold on to that hope, when you go through challenges, people will notice because money can't do that, fame can't do that, intellect can't do that, success can't do that, because when it gets ripped out, that's when people notice. As you go through trials, as you go through suffering, as you go through challenges, it's the hope of Christ that sticks out and people can't help but ask. I've seen it time and time again in my own life. They can't help but ask. Resilient faith. What is resilience? Resilience is advancing despite challenges. Resilient faith. Resilient faith is you come up to a challenge and rather than going, you know what, I'm just going to throw in the towel or I'm just going to sit here, I'm going to head back to how things used to be. Resilience at your inner core is the thing that pushes you, fuels you to advance despite the challenges. Resilient faith, because true faith isn't really faith unless it's been tested, right? Otherwise, it's a fantasy. Otherwise, it's just called fantasy. It's faith when it's tested and you advance. And this morning, I want to talk a little bit about that because who knows there's challenges in life, right? Anyone experienced a challenge? Did someone say no? (laughs) Oh, I. I was like, no? We've all gone through challenges, right? And this is the thing. When you come to Christ, it doesn't mean, and we know this, that everything goes perfect, that the sun continues to shine, that, um, you know, everything just goes well, flowers. We still go through challenges, but there's a difference. And I love how the Bible kind of wraps it up in different ways. You've got valleys, You know, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. We love the mountaintops, but those valley experiences where we just can't see and fear creeps in if we're not careful. That's when we need resilience. Uh, In Psalm, I think it's Psalm 83, it talks about the valley of Baca, and Baca means weeping. We go through times where we weep, but we can't let that define us. It's when we need resilient faith. Wilderness experiences. I think we've all been through some of those. Times where we're frustrated. Times when we're feeling discomfort. Times when we're tested. We need resilient faith that only comes through hope in Christ. 
storms. Anyone experienced a storm before? I'm like, yeah, good on you, Ethan. <laughs> and right up there, uh, I bet Dave's been through some extreme natural storms too, having been in the Navy. Um, storms, where you've got a challenge and it's overwhelming and it's noisy and it's loud. I think of the wind howling. I think of the waves. I think of all those sounds and you're just trying to lock into God. This is when you need resilient faith and it's only hope in Christ that pushes you through. So I want to give you some awesome keys this morning. How do you have resilient faith? And it comes from actually a metaphor that I learned at Devon's 40th birthday party. All right? So yeah, cat's out of the bag, Devon drumming this morning's 40. Not that he cares. Uh, but I learned this at your party, Devon, okay? Uh-oh. It wasn't any of the speeches that happened, because <laughs> that was more like a 21st party. But anyway, no, I met one of... We've got a, a mutual acquaintance, thanks to Devin, and his name is Cam, okay? And we're having this conversation, and Cam owns a business, construction business, and, and he's got a few other things going on. And so I was interested. I was like, what do you do for you? What do you do to have fun? And he said, I fly planes. Has anyone flown a plane before? I know Pastor Don has. Go, woo. Oh, yep, awesome. Yep, we've got hands going up. So he, have you, Dev? Oh, that's awesome. He flies planes. And he began to tell me a few interesting things about flying planes. And disclaimer, if you're watching online, I am not a flight instructor, okay? So if you're about to take, if you're in a situation <laughs> where the pilot goes into a coma and one of the air hostesses call out, does anyone know how to fly a plane? I just pray that God helps you. But I'm going to share from recollection of what he said, okay? So total disclaimer. But he said, you know, Jess, one of the interesting things I was doing recently is learning to fly by the instruments. Do you know what I'm talking about? Flying by the instruments? Anyone who's flying a plane? Yep. Cool. So hopefully you keep nodding as I talk, otherwise I'm in trouble. All right? You need to learn how to fly by the instruments because sometimes when you're flying, there is like zero visibility. Has anyone been a passenger when that's going on? Yeah. You feel nervous, right? You're looking at the window going, I hope they know what they're doing. You've got to learn to fly by the instruments. And as he's saying these things, we're talking about, man, this is like the perfect sermon illustration, okay? So when you can't see, all sorts of interesting things begin to happen, okay? When you have zero visibility, your body then begins to trust your feelings. And who knows, feelings can be good and feelings can be deceiving. And I think this is incredible because who knows that when you go through those trying times in a storm, in a wilderness experience, in a valley, there's low visibility. It's hard to see what's going on. It's hard to have perspective. That's why we're called to live by faith and not by sight, not just by the challenges we see, but the greater reality of who God is and who He's called us to be. All right, so your feelings take over. So as you're sitting there, you've got all these natural things like your inner ear helps you to understand motion. 
And nerves are an incredible thing. The nerves in your, your muscles, your joints, your, your, your skin gives you all sorts of indicators about what's going on, your position. Here's the challenge. In a plane, you're going forward, right? You've got acceleration. Who knows, especially when you're flying into Wellington, those feelings when you're banking and you're turning and your body's getting forced into the side. You've got all these things going on, but if you can't see, it's playing tricks. So you can't trust your feelings. You've got to trust the instruments. So you've got to learn to fly by the instruments because what happens is your brain says, I'm not going to, that's wrong because it feels like I'm going up, but actually you're going down. Or I feel like I'm straight, but actually I'm on a, I'm on a, a weird angle. You've got to trust the instruments. So the instruments tell you what's going on. What is reality to help you to go through this challenge until either you land a plane or you've got visibility again? All right, what are the instruments for us? The first instrument we have is the Word of God. If you want to have resilient faith, you've got to get into this. Not just being shared on a Sunday, not just in a good place, though, is the version app and the verse of the day, but get into the Scripture. I love how in Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet. In other words, when I'm walking and I can't see what's ahead of me, I can trust your word to illuminate the way ahead for my steps. Time and time again in my own life, I think about different challenges I've been through. Some of them scarier than others. And I think of, you know, how incredible the book of Proverbs is to bring wisdom into a situation. Trust in the Lord, lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he makes your path straight. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. This instrument helps to bring perspective of what's going on. Rather than trusting my feelings, rather than giving up, it spurs faith and allow God to speak to you. Man, time and time again, where the word has just leapt out of me and God has spoken to me. The word of God. Number two instrument is prayer. And I don't mean just a prayer meeting on a Thursday, a pre-prayer meeting before the service or even, you know, that, that prayer as we begun, but time spent with God. You know, one of his promises is this, Jeremiah 33 verse 3. Call to me and I will answer you. And what? Tell you great and mighty, or in this version, unsearchable things that you don't know. It's the beauty of prayer. It's where God reveals things. Things that are unsearchable, were hidden, but as we seek Him, are revealed as He speaks to us. Which is why I think it's so important that in prayer, it's just not just us doing all the talking, but it's us creating space to hear, to listen. You know, I was laughing in the, the car this morning because, you know, you've, this, this is me and Kim talking. Um, you've got this idea that before you get up and preach that it's deep, deeply spiritual and you're going to be seeking God and there's no distractions. But when you've got kids, 
And two minutes later, even though Kim has kindly said why I'm trying to just sort a couple of things out. Now, I didn't write my sermon this morning, just FYI, but just sorting a couple of things out. Kim's like, you know, and, and don't, don't talk, just leave dad. If you need, just talk to me. And, you know, two minutes later, dad, 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 dad. As a parent, we've just got to get smart because it's not the same as it used to be where you can just take any moment. It's, you've got to create space. Got to create space. Maybe it means getting up a little bit earlier. Maybe it means getting smarter about your commute time. Whatever that looks like, make some space because I trust you. In those moments, God will speak to you. You know, Psalm, I think it's 63. We don't have this one um, for the screen, but in Psalm 63, I remembered it as early I will seek you. Um, actually, what is said is earnestly I will seek you. Some translations say early. But the reason it's talking about earnestly what, or early, what it's talking about is as soon as possible, right at the beginning. It's not the last resort. It's my first response. I'm going to seek you, God, and let him speak to you. Worship. Worship is another instrument. I mean, I'm biased as, um, as on the worship team. I love worship. But I, I heard this statement. It was a couple of weeks ago. If you search online, you'll find who said it. I've just blanked. But they were saying if they had 10 minutes to pray, this is what they would do. They would worship for eight and then pray for two. I was like, that's really interesting. They would worship for eight and then they'd pray for two. And the reason for that is this. In worship, a revelation of who God is, is spurred. We sang, it, we sang so many good songs this morning about the goodness of God, a revelation of who He is as spurred, and then we respond to it. We respond to it. I mean, this morning I was just responding in that, hallelujah, our God reigns. He's the king. He's on the throne. He hasn't just left us. He's very much working right now on the throne. Remember what he said? All power and authority is mine. And he said, remember, this is at the end of the gospel and the Great Commission. And he says, go and I will be with you. You know, God with us. Man, a revelation of hallelujah, our God reigns. And as that becomes a revelation, we have a response, right? Worship and faith is fueled. And out of that moment, man, your prayers are different, eh? I mean, don't get me wrong. I throw out those help me God prayers all the time. But when I've been worshiping and I've had a revelation of who he is, man, I get my faith fueled and I'm ready to go. Then I start speaking to my situation. Then I begin to pray into my situation a little differently. Resilient faith, not just feelings, but it's those instruments that are telling me what, what's the greater reality, the God reality. Even though I, I'm consumed by the challenge ahead, I can't see. I'm consumed by the feelings. Oh man, I don't know if I can keep going. I feel like throwing in the towel. I, I just feel like just changing, just changing all, everything up. We know these people where it's changing everything up, the job, the, where I live, everything, just throwing it away. But no, resilient faith. God is good. He's loving. He's faithful. 
He's with me. He's empowered me by his Holy Spirit, and I proceed. And the last one is let's not forget who's with us in this plane, the Holy Spirit. It's not us on our own. Holy Spirit. There used to be those old cheesy um, bumper stickers. I think it used to say Jesus is my co-pilot or whatever. It's, it's actually a truth. In life, in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit with us, guiding us, empowering us. We've just got to take those moments to stop and become aware Asking God to speak to us as we pray, as we get in the Word, we're worshipping, and then we can proceed. And the reason it says, remember, in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord, it's living for Him every day, and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, is because you will come out the other side. You will come out the other side. Um, would have been a, a couple of Mondays ago. Uh, I met an incredible, I think she's 89-year-old lady. Okay? It was a local council meeting, which, um, yeah, kind of bored me to tears a little bit. Um, but this incredible 89-year-old beforehand, man, she was inspiring. Now, she only told me her life post-retirement, okay, <laughs> which, I mean, at 89, you've had a couple of years, but just the stories of what God has done time and time and time again, just spurred faith, not to mention before retirement of just challenges and how God has uh, enabled them to push through or what God has done with them, and, and, and this is the thing, when we're in a challenge, we can get so fixated on this plotted point of what's going on that we lose the perspective of where God's taking us. Hindsight's a beautiful thing because we can see all the points before. But in that point, we've got to choose to have faith. And what I love, and if, you're, if you've got a few gray hairs this morning or you've been around, I want to encourage you, share your stories. Share your stories because it fuels faith. You know, as Pastor Don said, if we want to see God move in our generation, if we want to see God move in the next generation, because remember, this is about legacy, right? It's not just about us in the here and now. I think about my kids and kids' church right now. We've got to share our stories because it fuels faith. Because in the plotted point, it's easy when you're young to go, God, it says that you can, but I hope that you can. Or maybe you're young and you're like, I think you've done it before. I really, I really hope that was you. I hope I didn't fluke it or things just fell a certain way and I got through. See, the beauty of your stories when you're, when you're older is you go, I know because I've seen it and I've seen it and I've seen it and I've seen it and I've seen it. And it spurs faith. I know this is the beautiful thing being in my late 30s now is I go, actually, I've had a few big things where I go, 
God, you were there with me and I can trust you in this moment right now. Doesn't mean I have zero doubt, means I have faith because I can hope in Christ. And what's the worst that will happen? What is the worst that can happen in Christ? Because remember, our hope goes beyond death because God is good. And when you have those stories, share it. People are going to ask you. People are going to see it. I've had it where God's, where, you know, I've been through things and, and people have kind of come up to me and they don't necessarily recognize God in it, but, but they recognize what happened and they say, tell me what happened. Or maybe they're going through the same thing and they go, I, I just want to catch up and, and talk about it. This is your opportunity. This is your opportunity. Because remember, underrated part of evangelism is this resilient faith because it, it draws the conversation to you. This is your opportunity. In a testimony, it's this simple. What did it look like before Christ? What did it look like in that moment of revelation and then how did I respond to Christ? What does it now look like after Christ? Or maybe it's a challenge. What did it look like when I entered that storm? Because man, everybody can identify with that. What did it look like when I chose to start flying by the instruments and not just live life by my feelings, but go, God, I choose to align myself with the greater reality of You, that even though I can't see You in this moment, I know that You're moving. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because You are with me. And what happened? I wanna encourage you, write these things down. It says, be prepared, write it down, get it simple. Keep it short. <laughs> Not everyone has 40 minutes. <laughs> Keep it short. And use it as an opportunity to point to an incredible God who loves them, who sees them, who sees them. You know, 1 Thessalonians, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it soon, but 1 Thessalonians, I'm just going to find it actually. Can't remember if I shared it with the guys down the back. 1 Thessalonians, there we are. Thank you. 2.8. This is Paul. This is Paul summary up his ministry, and I love it. It's an encouragement for all of us. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Because remember, the greatest testimony is hope on display. It's not just sharing words. People, you know, they're heading to Google, can I change? What they don't need is another, like another sermon. They just wanna know it works. They just want to know it works. They just want to know that without the mask on of trying to make life seem perfect, that you can go through a challenge and you can come out the other side. They want to know that when they're in their weakness, that there is something stronger that they can hold through. They want to know that when they come to the point of wanting to give up, that there's power to push through. 
in Christ is the answer. Why don't we stand this morning? You know, I intentionally, um, in my notes, left this last thing blank because I just really wanted to seek God on what was He wanting to do in this moment. And I really believe, and and actually, Justine, if you don't mind coming up to sing, I know we, we were singing before, but remember, worship fuels faith, eh? Worship fuels faith. And man, in this moment, why don't we just close our eyes and begin to focus on God? Because what we're going to do is we're going to open up the altar. And I want, I believe God wants to do a couple of things in people's lives, okay? But before we do that, we're going to create some space for you to respond. Because the hope of the gospel The hope of in Christ only works if you are in Christ. It doesn't work if you're outside of Christ. It only works when Jesus is Lord. Not when He's just a good person, a good role model, a great philosopher, another great voice, or even just Saviour, He's got to be Lord. And right now in this moment, if with eyes closed, because this is between you and God right now, if you're in a place where you go, man, I have never, ever come to a place where I have surrendered and say, Jesus, I make you Lord, and I'm just feeling stirred in this moment that I need to do it. Maybe you're online, maybe you're in this place. This is your moment. Maybe you're in this place and you're like, oh, you know what, Jesse, in the past I have prayed a prayer or whatever, whatever, whatever that looked like. Maybe I, I served him for a bit and I just, I, I, you know what, I take a look at my life and I'm just nowhere near close to following God. I, I've, I've, I've ignored him, to be honest. This is your moment. If God is stirring you, this is your moment. Because life is a series of decisions that say yes and follow Him, making Him Lord. If that is you, and this morning you're feeling stirred and you wanna take hold of this opportunity and say, Jesus, I wanna make You Lord. Why don't You lift Your hand this morning? Because I wanna pray with You. Maybe that is you this morning, lift your hand. If you're online, I want you to go to inspirechurchnz.com slash say yes. They're going to put it in the comments. Let us know because we want to pray with you. We want to partner with you. We want to encourage you because we don't do life alone, not only with God with us, but as a family, encouraging each other. If that is you, why don't you let me know, indicate, I want to see your hand. Awesome, awesome. Come on. Yep. God is good. God is good. You know, I saw a hand and and there might have been others, but we're going to pray this together and then um, we're going to open up a a ministry time for something else that I'm going to bring up. And this is an opportunity for that person to come up and just get some more prayer and encouragement. But why don't we join together with them right now 
maybe those who are watching home and repeat after me, Jesus, I recognise my sin. I recognise that I can't do it on my own. Thank You for the cross. Thank You for Your blood that made a way that I can be washed clean, that I can know You, that I can have hope, that I can have life in You. Today, I surrender my life to You and choose to serve You. Fill me in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we give God glory this morning? You're a good God. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.